Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates and information, you can find me on Twitter at Professor Sides, and you can find my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. This college football episode covers select games from week 13 of the 2022 season. I guess you're here. Check out the webpage of the banner. It's www.pixelprofessor.com slash new for a primer and explanation. Otherwise, the goals for this episode are to share key information about these games, give you a few things to think on, and explain what certain plays are being made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. We will make a pick on every game, but you should take what you like and leave the rest. Remember, there are no locks in gambling, so what we will provide are loves, likes, and leans. That is A, B, and C great picks. To indicate our confidence level with respect to scaling wagers, however, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, we'll be profitable each and every week. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Because, uh, Jared, there was a time on Saturday, week 12, Sometime around five o'clock, six o'clock. I don't know when it was. Yeah, something like where that. If the week had stopped, we would have made so much money that we would have been positive on sides and totals. And I think from that moment on, I think we lost about fifty units. Yeah, I yeah. Think things lost. went things went south quickly. Is the way to describe it. And we talk about good and bad variants and it's the, you know, it's the first one that we've had, you know, in the five weeks we've collaborated on picks. It's the first just truly bad week we've had. And these things happen if you're making picks in every, every single week, of course, you're not going to go unscathed, but it it still felt a little demoralizing how it happened knowing where we were. And then the end, the evening games and the night games just, nothing going our way and it was it was a little bit of bad luck and it was a little bit of bad picks and it was a little bit of wonky and a little bit of just unfortunate and just yeah just it was like everything and that's that's how that's how it happens when it goes bad right it's like right right. everything goes wrong you know um utah (laughs) i mean watching that game outplayed oregon and just couldn't get out of their own way failed fourth downs missed field goals uh I don't even know. Uh, Bedlam. Uh, we'll talk about Bedlam later, I guess. I don't need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> it just felt like <laughs> nothing quite yeah. could manifest itself uh, yeah. for us. Yeah, and I I even tried manifesting at one point. I was trying to speak things into existence, and I think it worked for like one thing and it failed for about 10. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not buying into to manifesting stuff right now. But, yeah, it, it was definitely a little bit of, of a down week. But the, the thing that you always have to fall, uh, fall back on whenever you have a bad week uh, like that is that college football is still the greatest sport there, there is. And so, you know, regardless of how uh, well we're doing or whatever, it's still exciting to come in. You only got one more week of all the games. So definitely mm. still excited to be here. And we're going to rebound from, from last week, we- I, I think. I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I was looking, checking back through, I, I have that webpage. I uh, mentioned at the top, you know, the backslash new. And I, I've always said the goal for this project for making a pick on every single game is just to be positive. And the reason why, if you haven't read that yet, the quick explanation of that is we're making picks mostly at one time using one book. 
you viewers should not be doing that. You should have multiple yeah. accounts. You should be passing on certain games, that sort of thing. So I, we're putting constraints on ourselves. And if and if I can show a positive record on this, I guarantee you can do better than that. That's the whole uh, right. I, I mentioned in the write up. Like if we tried to shop around and get only play certain numbers when they're available at these certain places and, and that sort of thing it's hard for everybody to do that. And I don't want it to be where we can show a profit and, and you viewer at home can't. So right. we put all these constraints on the goal is profitability. And so it's like, okay, that's our task is this week. We got a bunch of games. We got to get up a little bit more so that we can have that profitability for the time, these six weeks here that we're collaborating on picks. So I think we can do it. Um, a little bit of a change though. Uh, we are, we are not covering, we're not, th- not three episodes, one episode this week. This is it. That's all I got. And it's a holiday weekend, uh, holiday week. Uh, and it's, it's a lot to go through every game. And I feel like we say the same things for a lot of these teams. And so we have a pick, we've made a pick on every game, but I think two we're waiting on. We will get those picks out as usual. Um, all those picks will be out to the Patreon tonight. If you are at the right level, um, the, uh, other picks will come at some point in the sheet. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the things we like the most and or the things that we think are interesting, the things that need to be talked about, and everything else we're just not going to talk about. We don't want to waste your time. Uh, yeah. We know the episodes later in the week don't get as many views. And so uh, we know that if you aren't as interested in some of those games, then we're not missing anything. And if you are, hit us up in the Discord, uh, Discord chat, and we will talk as long as you want about any of the games. So yeah. if we didn't talk about it here, that is the place to get those questions answered. Um, so get that Discord be accessed uh, through the Patreon. Uh, did, I, did I miss anything on, on the update there, Cousin Jared? No, I, I don't think so. So, you know, a few games we're not going to talk about, but usually if I'd say take an under on a specific team every week, it's a pretty good chance I, we're going to say take an under on that specific team. But we may not talk about it this week because you've heard me say that about 15 times uh, this season. Yeah. So that's just an example of, of the type of thing that you won't be getting. Just... You're not going to have to hear us say the exact same thing over and over again that we've already said about the same teams. Yeah, I think it makes for a better viewing experience. When we were yeah. calling the list and we got to the games, we were going to talk about 28 games. Uh, the one, A lot of it was like, it was an A grid and it was like, we've been talking about this all season. Like, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. Like, we yeah. could we could dive into, well, it didn't win last week, but, you know, it's still yeah. been whatever, whatever. But it's just kind of a waste of time. We still like yeah. it. We're still on it. You know, yep. there's really not much else to say. Um, yep. All right. Well, before we get to those games, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on the notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB or college football content that this channel provides. And as already mentioned, we've got that Patreon. If you're looking to get some extra benefits, membership starts at $3 per month. That gets you the plays of the day. I think in college basketball, 4-0 today, which is exciting because so yeah. I think Friday was awesome. Saturday struggled. Sunday was awesome. So on the net, though, these are doing still really well. Uh, again, $5 a month gets you that Discord access. Come chat with us about any of the games before they're happening, when, when there's news about them. While they're happening, uh, we have a lot of good time in that. $10 a month, ad-free shows, access to the picks before the general public, uh, $15 a month, early access to the spreads to jump on those opening lines. So just different tiers depending on what benefits you are interested in. Uh, but as I always say in the college basketball show, even if you're not with us over there, we're thrilled to have you watching here. Yeah. Uh, let's get to it. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Send a pick in the show description and current as the time of this recording on Sunday night. There are a couple of Tuesday matching games. We're going to talk about one of them here, Bowling Green and Ohio, 7 p.m. Eastern. Ohio is a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite. The winner of this game 
goes to the MAC championship game. So if Ohio had already clinched, I think we would all kind of assume that Rourke doesn't play in this game. But knowing that they have to win to get to the conference championship game, because uh, it sounds like the reports are favorable, putting, you know, not in a cast, not with crutches, putting weight on it, yeah. knowing it's a must play game. I think we're kind of thinking he plays. Even if he doesn't, I still think this Ohio team is much better than Bowling Green. I've got them ranked 80th, got Bowling Green 119th, and sideline says 15.3. Now, that's assuming that work plays to be 15.3. As good as he is, as good of a season as he's having, I, I just, it's hard to ever say one player's worth that much. Ohio still yeah. is the, the right side here. And again, if he's not playing, I guarantee you those coaches are working up everything they can in the playbook to try to maximize everything more than a normal week. Because of the right. fact that they know they have to win to get to the conference championship game. So it's not like a, oh, well, maybe we're game play something different. Like, this is a must win. And I know it's a must win for Bowling Green, too. The difference is Bowling Green's just not very good at football. I yeah. think that's kind of the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I completely completely agree with that. I mean, the work dynasty, the quarterback dynasty at Ohio, uh, you can't argue against it. But I, I just think that there's not that big of a drop off. Uh, we, we were on the over last week that that over did lose, but it only lost by a couple of points. They were right there at the goal line, had like first and goal at the five, could, couldn't punch it in. The, the quarterback came in was more than serviceable. So I, I feel good about this. Obviously, the workplace feel great about it. Even if it's backup plays, still feel pretty good about it. Right. So we've got Ohio minus seven and a half. We've locked that in as an A grade pick here on Tuesday night. Got a pick for the other Tuesday game uh, as well, but we're not going to talk about it. There's the Thursday night game, Egg Bowl. We're not going to talk about that as as well. Right now, it's priced pretty well, so uh, not as much to talk about that. So moving to the Friday games, Baylor at Texas. Uh, Baylor putting a scare in a TCU. I mean, was that not the wildest last play that you've ever seen if you exclude the like tip six, kick six, what all those, the, the plays that get names, other than the plays that get names, I feel like that was it because a, a last second kick is like, there's timeouts and they're icing or whatever. And I, I don't remember mm-hmm. many times a game winning fire drill like that. I mean, that was wild. Yeah. And, and I thought Dykes' response after the game was perfect. He's like, it looked hectic to y'all, but it's something that we practice all the time. And therefore it, it wasn't nearly as crazy to us as, as it was to you. So um, I think he's right because I don't know how else you pull that off because they, I have to admit it did look very, very well executed. So I have to believe he's right. Uh, but yes, even as many times as they has rehearsed it, it still looked pretty chaotic watching it, it live. It, it, it did. I don't know how much that was us stressing versus them stressing. I will say that the very, like the first couple of seconds, it looked like a couple of guys were like running into each other. But mm-hmm. after the first like two seconds, I mean, then it looked like they knew what they were doing and they talked about, you know, they gave them, they need 13 seconds, but they only give them 12 in practice, only give them yeah. 11. Yeah. I mean, they, and it, it was a credit to them. And I mean, yeah, he, we, he nailed it. It was wild. Wild. Yeah, we, we we said we were gonna make this show shorter, but we never do. Um, did, I did <laughs> learn that it is, uh, I, the defense cannot match yes. subs in a situation yes. like that. So that is the first time that I have actually learned that the, the defense can't match subs in that situation. Cause Katie asked me, or my wife asked me that like, Oh, Hey, why, why didn't they just wait and, you know, try to match their subs. And I was like, I don't know. And apparently you can't do it on a situation like that. So I learned something from that. There were a lot of people who know a lot about college football on Twitter asking that question. Like, yeah. And, and, and I think some of the replies were like, Aranda knows football. Like if he could have done yeah. that, he would have. And sure yeah. enough, people, yeah. people are like, yeah, like that's not that. Then if it's a, if it's a fourth down, if it's a field goal, and the other team isn't lagging, that they will yeah. not. That that's or end of end of game. You know, that's yep. a situation that, that that rule doesn't apply. So uh, anyway, it was a wild one. Um, 
I, I want to talk a lot about this one because the Big 12 is something I know really well. And Texas offense has struggled here. Ewers just, just not look like the answer. I mean, he, he, he just looked worse every game. And they were able to run all over Kansas. If you were with us on Patreon, if you saw I posted the play of the day was Texas minus nine because I said Kansas just can't stop the run. And we'll talk later about right. Kansas. They just cannot stop the run. And that's exactly what Texas is able to do. Bijan Robinson over 200 yards rushing. And Texas is running back for days. Um, Baylor's defense isn't that great, but it's it's better than Kansas. And they've got the blueprint from TCU as to what to do and how to make Ewers beat them. And, and he just hasn't done it. Right. Um we talk a lot, you know, my father being a UT alum, and, and he made an interesting comment that Ewers was the fourth stringer at Ohio State as a freshman. And obviously, as a freshman, you know, you're not expected to be the starter. But, like, maybe that does say something, that if he was that low at, at a depth chart there, that he might be a starter in college football, but he may not be a starter for a Big 12 conference champion type or SEC conference right. championship team. And uh, especially as a still as a freshman without the game experience. So it, yeah. it, it's an interesting point that you've just seen it. He just has not looked great throwing the deep ball it, it promising against Alabama made some great throws we have to remember it was one quarter and he got hurt and we all wanted to see what he would do the rest of the game but he got hurt after the first quarter right um both these teams want to win this game there's no letdown spot in my opinion here uh, it's a fairly big rivalry uh it wasn't for years but Baylor has beaten up on Texas a lot lately and so I, I think Texas does want to win this game um you know I just I just can't see it being over a touchdown. So uh, I, I like the Baylor plus eight. Uh, we're going to take that with a, a, a B grade pick. Uh, because of Jared, I, I love this under 56. Uh, and the reason why is we've seen Texas defense lately look a lot better than they had earlier. They're looking promising. Um, they stopped Kansas, which Kansas, you know, Daniels was back and Kansas yeah. offense has been pretty competent. Uh, they yep. stopped TCU, which was kind of confusing. That's back to back, pretty good efforts. It felt like the defense always had the potential, but they just couldn't quite get it together. Yeah. Uh, they, they stopped Kansas State a few times, just enough to get the win. I, I feel like that defense is coming along, uh, and, and Baylor just has not wanted to play fast all season. Yeah. Uh, they haven't wanted to make a lot of passes. I don't have a ton of faith uh, in, in Shapin as the quarterback. Yeah. He yeah. hasn't looked good either. Yeah. Um, this feels like a game that's like 17-17 late, 20-17 to 17 late, something like that. Uh, what's your take on this one? Uh, so I completely agree with you. You talked about Ewers. I was going to hit on Shapin how he just ha hasn't looked that, that great this year, whether it's been the play calling at times or just his performance at times. Uh, I think you hit, hit it very well that I just don't see Texas being in a position to pull away in this game, and I don't see Baylor being in a position to really let it get out of hand. I think it's probably going to be you know a one-score game, a, a field goal game, a seven-point game uh, most of the time, and just we already talked about both quarterbacks there. I just have a hard time seeing this uh, getting over 56 with the way these two offenses has, have been playing recently, knowing that Texas isn't going to be able to run all over the, the Baylor defense like they did against Kansas last week. So uh, I think getting the eight points is a, a solid investment, and I really, really like the, the under 56. Yeah, so we're going B grade Baylor plus a A grade under 56. Um, and I think to kind of just summarize that, yeah, that, that Texas is going to have a little bit more of a game like TCU uh, than against Kansas. Maybe not quite that extreme, but I mean, uh, again, Baylor's got the gameplay now of exactly what TCU did, which wasn't that complicated. It was just 
make viewers beat you, and he's not able to consistently do that. Um, right. But yeah, I don't trust Chapin at all. He's thrown so many interceptions uh, multiple times now to close out a half uh, late uh, uh, two weeks ago against he's, against uh, Kansas State to open the game. Uh, the the coaching staff doesn't trust him. They haven't trusted him all year. I questioned early on. I was like, why aren't you trusting him? He, he looked great the year before, and yeah. from the very beginning, it looks like the answer was. I, now we know why they didn't trust him. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Doesn't look great. So, yeah, that's why we love the under 56 in this one. Uh, also, noon Eastern on Friday, Tulane at Cincinnati. Winner of this one uh, might go to the conference championship game. I don't know. I don't remember the American conference tiebreaker <laughs> situation. It's it's wonky there because it's just the top two teams. Uh, I, I think the, the winner's in. The, the loser is maybe also in, depending on what happens with UCF and Houston. Um so yeah. <laughs> both teams want to win. They, they want to get in, but uh, it, it's complicated beyond that. So bottom line, I guess, uh, winning get in game. Cincinnati's a two and a half point home favorite. Total is 47. Because uh, Jared, what is your take on this game? My take on this game is that Cincinnati has been just waiting all season to, to come up and, and get got. And, uh, you know, some, some terms that some, some people may use here. Um, they've just in, in conference play, just looking at conference play, Cincinnati, they beat Tulsa by 10. Tulsa is not good, people. They beat South I've been, Florida. I've been on that fading Tulsa train hard. Yeah, yeah. They beat, so bad. they beat South Florida by four, who somehow South Florida is even much worse than, than Tulsa is. They only beat SMU by two. And that is the only uh, – top tier AAC team that SMU has been able to hang with all, all season. I know that Cincinnati should have won that game by more, but you know, the results kind of are, are, are what they are. Well, well, and it's, and I, I agree. And we talked about that. We said that they should have, but like, I don't know. Part of me wonders like SMU's given up points to like middle school offenses. It seems like, and, S- yeah. and Cincinnati drove the field a ton and then got stuck and had to kick a bunch of field goals. And it's like, yeah, it's yes, probably telling you more about Cincinnati than, than SMU. Yeah. yeah, it was one of those where it's like, I do think they should have won by more, but also like that does tell us something, right? It's interest, It's interesting information to, to keep note of it. Like they struggled to put the ball in the end zone. And that was against SMU. Like, how are they going to do against Tulane's Exactly. This is, it, it, I can read through the rest of the schedule, but that's exactly what we're saying. I just think that Tulane over the course of the season has proven that they are a, a better, more solid team than Cincinnati. If this would have been a pick I probably still would have uh, liked Tulane. Can't, and I understand it's on the road, but I can't believe I'm getting two and a half points here. This this seems a little off from, from what I would have expected. So um, I like taking the two and a half points. You could definitely look money line if you wanted to. I see this game could end up with a weird score. Cincinnati could kick, you know, five field goals or something and win this game by two. It has or, happened or before. Uh, and, <laughs> and we, yeah, and, and we, we made a good point that the winner of this game is in the conference championship game, so I can see a situation where maybe somebody goes for two late late in the game. Um, so I, I feel good getting the two and a half points here as opposed to the money. Or – or- Coaches play super, super conservative because of that, and it goes to three overtimes, and then getting the two matters as well, right? There's exactly. A yep. couple of different ways that could that could matter. Yep. Uh, we're going to go under forty-seven as well, but only a C grade on this one, because um, Jared, I kind of pitched a little bit harder on the under. What was the hesitation on your end for this under? to be a C grade rather than a B grade. For me, this is just uh, a low number for two solid teams. Like, you know, we, we talk about uh, Cincinnati not, not being that great, but Cincinnati could get to, you know, 
27 points in this game, 24 points. Whoever wins this game might get to 27 points. I think it's going to be a close game. I could easily see this game in at like 51 or something mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I, I would definitely lean lean under, but I see more than a couple of ways where this could get into the upper 40s or low 50s. Okay. And of course, overtime, right, is definitely on the yep. table as well, being yep. Uh, yep. what we expect to be a tight game. So we've got a yep. B grade pick on two lane plus two and a half and a C grade pick on the under 47. Uh, Friday, 3.30 Eastern, uh, NC State at North Carolina. Uh, to me, a fascinating situation coming off of what just happened with North Carolina. Yeah. Um, I don't really think they had any playoff hopes, but whatever hopes they might have had, you know, went up in smoke with the dreadful, dreadful second half. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like a situation where if it's, if North Carolina had won that game, like we thought by 20, this line's probably seven and a half. And I'm probably telling you to take NC state at seven and a half, because this is a little bit of a look ahead spot yep. uh, to the conference championship game next week. However, given that they lost, not just they played bad, but they lost feels like all week in practice, they're going to be preached at by yep. you've got to get this right this week heading into the conference championship game. So yep. uh, now that it's six and a half, uh, we're going to lay the six and a half with North Carolina. Because, uh, Jared, what do you have to add to that? I was driving the Drake May Heisman bandwagon before that game. So I really got derailed and went off course, and I'm not coming back at, at yeah. this point. Um, because I think if you look at Drake May, I mean, I, I know there's there's other examples that just aren't coming to the top of my mind right now. But literally, North Carolina's offense, if you take Drake May away from North Carolina's offense, what does that team have? Not not just what does the offense have this season, but what does that team have with, without Drake May, a, a quarterback? Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm very disappointed that they lost that game. Uh, so number one, this falls into the category of what we said all season. If it's North Carolina, we're gonna. If it's more than a touchdown, we're gonna take the points. If it's less than a touchdown, we're gonna lay the points. I think that's a, a solid look here. The other thing is, is NC State. You know, I thought Mr. MJ Morris was uh, a little bit of a bandage over the wound for, for for their quarterback play. That has not been the past uh, the case the past couple of weeks. He he didn't even play that much last week. Um, so I, I think that NC State just has too many offensive inefficiencies and i think that north carolina is going to come out ready to go after that like you mentioned terrible second half um i I think north carolina is going to try to run up the score here again their defense may not allow that but i think they can cover the six and a half and i can't can't believe i'm going to say this we're not going to play the the total of this but if i had to i'd actually go under on this total because i just have no faith in nc state yeah uh offensively to do anything and north carolina's defense is bad but we've seen as bad as they are certain inept offenses just still struggle with them. And I feel like NC State falls in that category at this point. NC State's defense is decent. They're not going to give up 60 points probably. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like a game that could be easily, you know, 31 to 14 or something like that. Um, So I I don't think I'm playing it. But, again, I would not go over given given what we saw North Carolina sometimes can just stall offensively for, for halves. Uh, and given NC State's offense, I would not be looking over in this game for sure. But we are going to take North Carolina minus six and a half, and we've given that a B grade. Friday, 3.30 Eastern, New Mexico at Colorado State. Because, uh, Jared, I said at the start, right, you know, we're only going to talk about the games that are interesting. And there's a <laughs> lot of interesting games this weekend with Rivalry Week. Right? There's, there's, there there's are. And lo and behold, we're talking about New Mexico at Colorado State. I mean, personally, I look at it again. I mentioned this last week. I look at a total of like 35, and I'm like, heck yeah, we're going on yeah. this thing. And, and yeah. I, just, I do want to clarify real quick for the viewer, why is that? I, I mentioned this, I think, 
it's been a few weeks. We might have some new people here. I mentioned this maybe four or five weeks ago. When you have a total that's this low, and it works for low, not high. High is a little bit different because the public can sometimes get behind the high ones and just drive yeah. like a runaway train. And sometimes yeah. it still should be higher. I'm thinking about like Bedlam 2000, I don't know, whatever pick of the year. Yeah. Those games were like 55 to 40. Or I'm thinking of USC, uh, UCLA last week, right? Um, but under, it doesn't happen that way. It, can't, it doesn't really run away train as much. And it, usually when the numbers hit this low, the books are very, uh, they probably think it should be lower, but they are very hesitant to do that. And so there's like some art, there's like just some actual little value there going under these really low numbers because they know if they make it too low, how much money they're going to get on the other side. And that's, there's really just no need for them to do that. And so these really low numbers, like there's just a little bit of value in them. And, and then you got to go through and figure out which ones there's a lot of value on versus just a little bit of value. But uh, otherwise, why are we talking about New Mexico and Colorado State? These are two of the worst teams, in the, in, in, by the way, in college football. I've got New Mexico 129, Colorado State 124. I mean, this is some bad football here. It is. It is. Uh, but the reason we're talking about this is because the total is 35 and you're getting seven and a half points against a terrible team. Now, Disclaimer, it's with a really bad team, uh, yeah. but also getting seven and a half points against a really bad team with Colorado State, who, I mean, New Mexico's offense is terrible. Colorado State's offense is almost just as bad. Almost. And so Not quite. I, yeah, I think there's just no way you can pass up getting seven and a half points in a game with a total this low where both offenses are so inept. Yeah, we're going to go C grid on the under 35. Uh key-ish number, I guess. I don't know what the key numbers are this low. I mean, uh, no, I 30, 34, 35 would be. So it, it, we're on yeah. the right side of those being under. Uh, but just a C-grade pick. That we're going to go B-grade on New Mexico plus 7.5. Uh, it's it's an A-grade type play on the spot of getting 7.5 at 35. It's an A-grade edge according to the math. The math loves getting 7 because there's so many ways that games end 3, 4, 6, 7. It's not an A play for us because New Mexico is terrible. So it, it, it's a situation where it's like, if you want to play as an A grade, that's, I don't, I respect, I get it. It's just New Mexico yeah. so bad. I just don't want to be over-invested in such a bad team, but right. it's still a great play that we like because of the fact that New Mexico State is not that much better. You look at the scores of some of these teams and if this game finishes like 14 to 10, I mean, 14 to 10 seems about right. It doesn't seem like a, I wouldn't be surprised. It feels like it would just be right. I mean, I, right. This game is not going to be pretty. Or, or uh, ten to nine. We've seen some, some of the like ten to nine type games this year yeah. in college football. Ten to nine would be just about right for this one. I agree. Speaking of ten to nine, Iowa and Nebraska. So I didn't even play those back to back. It works perfectly. Uh, Four p.m. Eastern. Uh, Iowa is a ten and a half point favorite with a total of thirty seven and a half. Um. I've been. I was on Nebraska last week. A great pick, and that worked beautifully. I've been on Nebraska a few times. I think it's worked every time. We've backed them. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Faded them a lot too. That's also worked pretty well. I've had a pretty good hand on this Nebraska team. When you go back and look at the results, though, uh, the, Iowa has actually won by more than this number against teams that aren't good in the conference. Um, yeah. And Nebraska has performed admirably against teams not as good as Iowa at home, and this is on the road. And Iowa, yeah. I think, is a little bit better. I mean, I, I think maybe we can kind of say that Iowa's maybe in a, you know, it's Michigan State, Ohio, Michigan, Ohio State in the, in the top, and then mm -hmm. Big Gap and Penn State, and mm -hmm. then Big Gap, and then Illinois, Iowa, and yeah. then I think Big Gap. And so I think Iowa's, you know, just in a different class of Nebraska at home. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go B grade on Iowa minus 10 and a half. We're going to go B grade on under 37 and a half. I just don't see Nebraska scoring very much at all in this game. Yeah, 
yeah. amazing as Iowa defense is. Because Jared, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. What I would say about the total there is, is it feels like we've seen this Nebraska game like every week for the past month and a half, and it's because essentially we have. And I don't know any Nebraska game uh, over the past I don't know month or so that's gone over this number at thirty-seven and a half. They've played in a bunch of low-scoring games against these um, other Big Ten West teams, and obviously, if there's any team that's going to continue that trend, obviously it is Iowa. So I uh, feel really good about, about the under. 37 and a half here. Can't believe I'm saying that uh, at a number like 37 and a half. But again, just how many points is Nebraska going to score in this game? Yeah, the, the they gave up 34 to Michigan and still didn't go over 37 and a half, which is incredible. Yeah. The last yeah. time they went over this number was October 15th. So yeah, over a month ago. At wow. this point, four straight games. And uh, in that span, again, Nebraska's played admirably twice, like home against Minnesota at home against Wisconsin. Uh, but I mean, I guess we have enough evidence. Although Iowa's better than both those teams that's on the road. Uh, yeah. They lost by more than this to Illinois, obviously Nebraska, uh, Michigan, but uh, no one's comparing Michigan to, to Iowa. Um, yeah. But yeah, just too many, you know, uh, too many situations where we've seen Iowa and Iowa again has beat up on some bad teams. Uh, I think Nebraska firmly is a bad team. So uh, I'm not scared away at laying 10 and a half here. So we're, we're going to do that with a B grade again. We're going to go under 37 and a half with the B grade. Uh, it, it feels like an A grade with regards to my confidence level. There is just some principle of the number is so low that right. there's just, uh, you know, a bad quarter can throw us off here. It reminds yeah. me of that weeknight game we had with, uh, was it Virginia Tech and NC State? Yes, yes. Uh, where we third had quarter. under yeah. the third quarter, and it was a really low number, and it was just like three plays, and all of a sudden the game barely went over. So yeah. uh, it, it's it's one that we really like. It's just we also know that there's just not much. A small stretch could kill it, so that's why it's only a B grade on the under, as much as we do like this number. Yeah, there could be an Iowa pick six at the end, towards the end of the game that puts this at like twenty eight to ten or something like that. So, and, and it's funny you say twenty eight to ten. I was going to say actually, if I get to thirty eight, I, I might be an A thirty eight and a half because at thirty eight, yeah. again, a quasi key number around here, like that number is very much on the table. So, yep. um, just something to think about there with regards to that total. Uh, we we still like thirty seven and a half, but thirty eight would be a, a little bit better. Uh, the last Friday game we're going to talk about here, UCLA and Cal. UCLA is a nine-point favorite. A couple of reasons we want to talk about this one. Um, uh, first off, what a game between UCLA and USC. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. UCLA gets the ball back late and just can't do it. So there is a little bit of concern. You might be already saying to yourself, is this a letdown spot for UCLA? Um, you know, traveling on the road, Cal sometimes mucked up games, you know. We're going to lay the nine with UCLA, but we're also going to back that up with an under 61 play here. We're going to go B grade on UCLA, C grade on the under. It's a little bit scary to go under in a UCLA game, but Cal doesn't play high scoring games. And it's one of those situations where I think we can win both, but we probably don't lose both. The only way we lose both is if Cal scores more points than we've seen them score against anybody other than one random game that they had this year. Um, UCLA is a much better team. Sideline says this should be 14.4. So usually should run away with this one. Um, but 61 is a lot when you look at a Cal game. And UCLA has been a team that hasn't necessarily always gone over. They've gone over when they've played Utah, USC, some of those higher scoring teams. But they haven't quite been as high scoring against some of the lower scoring teams. Uh, in the conference, including going under against Arizona, and it wasn't even close uh, in that one. Uh, what do you What do you have to say on this one, cousin Jared? I have faith in Dorian Thompson Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, and Chip Kelly. 
to to not let this be too much of a letdown. I know that's in a possible position where it could be, but I have a lot of faith in UCLA's offense. Um, they may not run at the hyper speed that Chip Kelly's offenses ran at while he was at Oregon, but I think their run game is just as creative now as as it was back then. And so I have faith that they're going to be able to put up enough points on Cal, and then you know Cal will you know show enough ineptitude on offense to where they will be able to cover uh, this number. You know, in a letdown spot, you could maybe talk me into crossing a key number, maybe that it, that it shouldn't, but you're crossing more than a few key numbers uh, right here. And so I think there's still a lot of value playing the nine points. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't think I buy much in the letdown spot simply because this is the last game of the season. And they know that a big bowl game awaits them if they win mm-hmm. this. And if they lose, it's going to hurt the The Pac-12 is a mess with regards to the teams at the top. And they have a case to be made to be up there if they win, especially given who loses. Washington's got a tough game. Oregon's got a tough game. Utah doesn't. Um, (laughs) Someone's going to get a loss in the Pac-12 championship game, right? So it's one of those where it's like, it's just a mess with jumbled all those teams. And so if this was more middle of the season after that rivalry game, I could see more of a letdown spot. But to me, this feels like a, guys, go out there, get the win, give yourself the opportunity to get to a higher tier bowl. If they mess around and lose this, all of a sudden this season drops to eight and four. And now they've really firmly put themselves into the weaker bowl categories. And the Pac-12 bowl ties are not as strong as they used to be. When you get down to some of those lesser bowls, once you get past the Alamo bowl, it starts dropping off a lot quicker than it it used to five, 10 years ago. And so I, I feel like this is a, hey, last game of the season. Let's go out there. Let's show them, you know, we are still you know, better, one of the better teams in the state, you know, a little state rivalry, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. We, you know, we played against you, play with you guys. We're better than you, that sort of thing. Um, easier to stay motivated at the end of the season, last game, knowing, Hey, go out and get this, get to nine, go out and win a bowl, get to 10, right. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of motivational tools you can use here. So I don't quite buy the letdown spot as much. So I still like landing yeah. the, the nine with UCLA, B grade pick, but we're going under 61 uh, as a C grade pick. Just the more you look into this, it just it feels like the narrative is UCLA plays over games. But when you look deeper into who they've played, how those teams have gone, and Cal specifically, Cal's gonna do their best to keep this in the 40s. And I don't think they'll succeed at that, but I think it stays in the 50s. Yep, I agree. Uh, to the Saturday game, South Carolina at Clemson. Clemson's a 15 point favorite, totals 50 on this one because you're. South Carolina. Let's start with them. Okay. <laughs> South Carolina has been a team that the models kind of liked all season. And I've been like, no, you know, or, or, or I've been like, yeah, sure. I'll buy it. And then the results have been no. And so I'm just like, yep. no, you're, you're, you're crazy model. Mm-hmm. This seems terrible. Uh, what in the world? What happened? <laughs> I, I, I'm convinced. I think South Carolina is a pretty decent team. The problem is, is I just don't think Spencer Rattler is very good. And with all of the hype that Spencer Rattler had, I think that we finally had the one game where he put it all together and, and played up to his potential. Game and of his, and that's, game of his college career. Game of his career. And that's what you got. And the thing is, is that I think we're probably going to go back to normal Spencer Rattler next week. I, I don't think he's going to string back-to-back games just like that. And so I would say that I think the rest of the team is fine, good, above mm-hmm. average. Uh, I just think that, yeah, I, I think that it just is going to come and go based on how Spencer Rattler plays. And we've just got like preponderance of evidence now as to how he's going to play. And that last week is going to be, you know, 
probably just an outlier uh, on the rest of the season. And he's played bad defenses before. Never had a game like that. Um, yeah. it, it, I saw someone on Twitter. I don't want to. I don't know the exact set, so don't misquote me on this one. But it was something like his best game in his college career before last night was something like 250 yards, three touchdowns, and like three interceptions or something like that. It was it was something yeah. where you look at it and you were like, that was the best game that he's had. Mm-hmm. Like, and obviously this one just blew that out of the water. I mean, just yeah. a career night. And uh, this Clemson defense is no joke. Um, who knows? You know what Miami's got at this point, but Clemson showed that again uh, last week. Uh, we're going to lay the 15 with Clemson okay. as a B-grade pick. It's an even money right now, so that's a little bit of a boost. Um, I think it's a little bit of a letdown spot for South Carolina. Uh, it, it is a rivalry game, but I think it is a little bit... We talked about this with Eastern Michigan at the very, very start of the season. After that win against Arizona State, we said, hey, like now we got a conference team coming up. You know, We thought we had a good coach there, and like, hey... He's going to keep those guys focused in conference game. You got to win. And they just came out and were terrible the next game. And that's Eastern Michigan. Who's won enough games to get to a bowl game. Right. The same sort of thing here. Like somehow (laughs) it's the same sort of thing here. Nothing nothing about the coaching or anything. It's and, and I know it's a rivalry game, but it's just when you do something like that against a team that's potentially heading to the playoff, Top five for sure, you know the way you did it, it, it. You know, there's just there's there's a hangover to that, yeah. and so I just think Clemson comes out and just drubs them. We're gonna go A grade on the total under fifty. We don't think Spencer Rattler does anything. We don't think they score much at all. Remember, I know that we all have this South Carolina Tennessee game in our heads, but remember the week before this, they lost thirty eight to six to Florida. Yeah. And that was a full just, team lost, that just lost. Just lost to Vanderbilt. To yeah. Vanderbilt, right? So it's like thirty-eight to six is a very reasonable. If this game went thirty-eight to six, I'd be like, that sounds about right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna go A grade under fifty and B grade on Clemson at minus fifteen at a uh, at, at even money. Noon Eastern on Saturday, Coastal Carolina is getting 14 points. James Madison, an interesting game to talk about here. You've got yeah. uh, McCall out, you know, done uh, for the season. Is he out for the bowl game? I don't. Remember if I saw that? Uh, I, sure. They said three to six weeks. Okay, so regular season for sure. Bowl, yep. who knows? Yeah. James Madison wins this game, and they win the division. <laughs> They're great, and then yeah. that's all they get. I, maybe they get a trophy. Uh, yeah. Uh, if nothing else, I'd, I'd sure as heck make one. But yeah. uh, as we saw with Bellarmine in college basketball, that will not get them anything. They will not be going to the conference championship game. They will not be going to a bowl game. Um, uh, Coastal Carolina, you know. If McCall was healthy, would be favored in this game. I do not understand the 14 points here. It's just too many. Mm-hmm. This line is, um, again, I, the, the model now having an extra week from when he played has the adjustment on Coastal Carolina's power rating. Still says it should be a, um, that this that James Madison should be favored only by, by 10. Uh, sorry, so not that McCall would be favored, but it'd be closer to a pick if McCall was healthy and they, and they wanted to be closer to a pick them here, not 14. Um, I just can't see why we're getting uh, 14 points here. Uh, Coastal Carolina doesn't have anything to play for. They're already playing in the two conference championship the next week. But um, this reminds me a lot of game 162 last year in baseball season. If you just went through and you took all the crazy, huge model edges 
and said, I don't care that the team has nothing to play for. You should just back them. You'd have gone like eight and two or something like that. And it's the same sort of thing. Like I know Coastal has nothing to play for, but getting 14 is just too much in a game with a total of 54 uh, and a situation where they still got a lot of good players and they should, they're not going to go out and give half efforts, you know? Um, Cousin Jared, what what is your take on this one? My take on this one is that I agree. It's just it's just way too many points. Coastal has unfortunately had an additional week to get ready for this James Madison game. Uh, I, I think they're going to come out with something creative on offense, even if McCall isn't playing, which we know he's not. Um, the other thing I would say is that James Madison, when they have played under teams this season, which you know, Coastal has definitely been an under team this season, especially uh, especially now without McCall, even more so. Yeah, and, and when James Madison has played under teams, they their games have have gone under. Their their totals have been 40, 38, uh, let's see, fifty three. I mean, they, every time they've played an, an under team on the season, forty four, uh, they've had games that have easily gone under. So I also say that we give a, a B grade to the under fifty four in this game. I know it's below a key key number of 55, but I think just based on the history of these two teams this season, I would be shocked to see this go up. So let's just go ahead and lock in a B grade at, at 54. So we'll go double B grades, Coastal plus 14 and under 54, both B grades. To the game everyone's talking about here, Noon Eastern, Michigan at Ohio State. Ohio State's an eight-point home favorite. Total of 57. Sideline says this should be eight. So according to where these teams are power rated, this seems – like a good number, but here's the thing again, around seven is where weird things happen with the math. The model actually says there's a positive edge to playing Michigan plus eight, even though it says the spread should be eight. And the reason why is because football scores don't happen at one point, two points at a time They happen in three and seven point chunks. And so uh, there's more ways that Ohio state wins on average by eight. It's a, I don't want to go too woods. It's a right skew distribution, which means there's heavier things happening out there to pull the average out. But around seven, it just bulks so much on three, four, six, seven. It likes taking the eight with Michigan. I love taking the eight with Michigan. I don't know what the heck's going to happen in this game. Michigan has shown that they're got some that they've got some flaws. They're not the best team in the country. Uh, so is Ohio State. I mean, both teams are very good for sure. Uh, I still got Ohio State ranked number one. Michigan's still top, you know, top four, obviously, but. Um, you know, neither one of them has been that dominant force like Georgia was last year, right? Where it's just like, man, nothing goes can go wrong with these teams. So give me eight points and say maybe Ohio State wins by three, four, six, seven. Because uh, you're you also like the under in this one, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, I, I like the under in this game because. You go back to that Penn State game that, that Ohio State played, which, you know, e even you can look at the Notre Dame game. I, I think Notre Dame and Penn State are probably the only two teams that are even in the same stratosphere defensively as, as Michigan is that Ohio State has has played this season. I mean, Iowa, but there was a different reason that game got out of out of hand. Um, so yeah it, was, yeah, it was called Iowa couldn't move the ball at all. And so Ohio State had yeah, great field position the entire and, game. In fact, <laughs> they would often go, oftentimes go backwards. Uh, right. So I think that Pitt State and Notre Dame presented enough problems for I, Ohio State offensively that I think um, Michigan can, can, you know, do, per, yeah. They can give them problems as well, yeah. I think. And, and so I don't see this game being too high scoring. I, I We don't know if Blake Corum is going to play for, for Michigan. He played one series in the second half and, and then, um, you know, left the, the second half of that game. What I would say is if he's playing, I think that would potentially allow 
Michigan to control the clock more, keep keep the ball on the ground, keep the clock moving, which would lend itself to an under. If he doesn't play, I actually still like the under because uh, obviously I think Michigan is going to be putting up uh, less less points with, with him not in the game. He's one of the few running backs that you could say is probably worth uh, you know a few a few points. So um, I, I like the under. I've just seen enough from Ohio. In my opinion, I've seen enough from Ohio State's offense this year struggle at times with Penn State, with Notre Dame, that I think Michigan's going to give them some problems as well. Yeah, Michigan definitely a top-five defense. And, uh, again, they face a top-five defense in Iowa, but when the offense is that bad, um, it it, it, it creates a whole different set of problems. Uh, Michigan's offense, uh, you know, maybe not, you know, top-five in the country, but they're good enough to move the ball and not do what Iowa did uh, every yep. time. And, and hey, if they don't, then the under 57 is a great pick. So yep. um, we've got an A grade on Michigan plus eight. And we've got a – what grade are we giving the under 57? I say we give it a B grade. All right, we'll go under under 57 as a B grade. Um, Noon Eastern, West Virginia at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's an eight-point home favorite. Um, Spencer Sanders looks – not great. The first two interceptions, not his fault. Though, however many more he threw after that were, um, he's so banged up. I mean, it, it's very disappointing because we've seen quarterbacks in that offense thrive when they get to this level of how how often they've played. And he had the potential last year. He started off great, and just too many injuries. It's it's unfortunate. It's just a lost season, basically for him. Uh, but West Virginia. Not great either. Not going to make a bowl. Um, does not travel well at all. Has not played very well on the road. Has historically always been a team that plays better at home. Um, this year it's been even more extreme. Total of 67 on this one. Uh, Cousin Jared, what was the thing that caught your eye in this game? My analysis of this game is West Virginia offense doesn't travel. Oklahoma State offense doesn't exist. That And so I have no idea why this total is 67. Uh, this might be my favorite play of the weekend. I don't see with the, sh- the struggles that West Virginia has had a- away from home. The- the- I know there was some weather in play, but the, the struggles they had two weeks ago uh, against uh, Oklahoma uh, at-, at home on offense. And-, and then just with how Oklahoma state's been playing on offense the past month and a half, uh, I just don't see how you get to this number of 67. And Oklahoma state's defense looks surprisingly solid for the last three quarters of that Oklahoma yeah, game. Yeah. And maybe part of that was a use offense. I'm not really sure, uh, but the yep. defense looked relatively solid uh i'm like you i don't understand why this number is so high it's an a grade under 67 for us uh we both independently came up with why is this number so high a lot of the big 12 totals for much of the season were too low um more 50 50 lately but this one has gone way too high and and and, and unexplainably in my opinion uh we're gonna pass on the side uh sideline says osu minus nine at seven i would lay the seven um but at eight, I, I just I think there's a lot of ways Oklahoma State wins this. Something like twenty-seven to twenty. Um, yep. I just don't want to be invested at minus eight, and I would not take West Virginia plus anything unless it was a really large number. The way they play away yep. from Morgantown is just not exciting to me. So, yep. uh, gonna pass on the side here at a number like eight, but we love the under sixty-seven. One p.m. Eastern, Kent State to Buffalo. Buffalo losing a game, I, 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 almost gimme game uh this last week because of snow against akron a game that would have got them to six wins um i have no idea if there are plans to make up that game during conference championship weekend i know that's been done before um so i don't know if that's 
something they're going to look at or not. Uh, if I'm Buffalo, I'm definitely pitching that if they lose this game. But I think they don't want to deal with that. I think they want to win this one and get to yep. six wins. And then whatever happens with that game happens. And they don't have to stress about it. They could just prep for the bowl game in that game. Um, you know, so five and five, big game here uh, for Buffalo. Kent State's four and seven. They aren't going to make a bowl game. Neither one of these teams is great. But sideline says it should be Buffalo minus four. Uh, I, I love lying to three here. It's, um, you know, right now. The odds are sitting at minus 105. It's an A-grade pick uh, from us, again, mainly just because Buffalo has a reason to play in this game. Kent State doesn't. And if sideline says four, the most likely outcomes here are going to be three, four, and seven. And so at that point, uh, laying three is those are all wins or uh, one of them pushes. Cousin uh, Joe, what do you think? Kent State, very disappointing season. Nothing to play for. Buffalo needs to get to a bowl game at home. Add a key number. Sure. Let's make it an A grade. And also a disappointing season coming off of whatever it was talking about with how they yeah. played against Georgia, right? I mean, that was just yeah. the yeah. whole talk. And maybe that's part of why their season got derailed. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But definitely a disappointing season for them. Uh, speaking of disappointing seasons, Kentucky's going to host Louisville. Um, <laughs> let, me take my, let me take my victory lap real quick. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh <laughs> Uh, we'll get to talk about Kentucky one more time because they did get to a bowl game with six wins. Mm-hmm. Um, Louisville, seven to four, Kentucky six to five. Both teams don't have a bowl game to play for. This is a rivalry game. They both want to win this one. Uh, I, I cannot explain why Kentucky's favorite in this game. I know that uh, Malik Cunningham did not play last game and mm-hmm. is just randomly not played this year. Also another guy who's banged up, but kind of in and out like Spencer Sanders, but looks more competent when he does play and has a backup that is also competent, whereas Oklahoma state does not. So I mean, that's just, it's a similar situation with regards to the injury, but it's not a similar situation with regards to the quality of quarterback play that's been happening for these teams. Um, Also not a similar situation with regards to defense. Louisville's defense, pretty strong. Uh, Oklahoma state's lacking a little bit. Uh, I don't see how Kentucky's offense does anything against the Louisville mm-hmm. defense. It's not Georgia's defense, but it's still a pretty good one. And we've seen time and time again this year, good defenses shut Kentucky's offense down. We also see Kentucky's defense pretty good, though. I mean, a total of 43 and a half. I know it's just south of a key number, but it, it feels like this should be, you know, if this was one, it, it, if you took these two teams and you just stamped Iowa and Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois yeah. in front of their, on their, on their jerseys, this total's 38 and a half, isn't it? Like, I don't know why it's in the low 40s. It feels like... It would be a point to be a premium in this one. I, I definitely agree with you on that. I, I don't see, even if Cunningham doesn't play, the backup has been capable. They covered at Virginia earlier this season when he played. They covered last week uh, against North Carolina State when, when he played. I, I just don't – I mean, Kentucky's defense, yes, is good. Kentucky's offense – is, it's just not, not it's not not good like we have enough as not, not good uh you know the offensive line play is not what it's been the past few seasons not opened up the same uh, running lanes for chris rodriguez uh and, and then we won't talk about the quarterback situation so i i love getting the the three and a half points here i think it's way too many in a game where we think the total should be in the upper 30s and, and so I, I say we give a a grade to uh give me a three and a half points with louisville and a b grade to the under 43 and a half all right there you have it folks uh because would 44, and I don't think it goes up, but if it does, would 44 yeah. be the A grade of the under, or would it be 44 and a half, 45? Those are 44, 45, both kind of key. 44 more key than 45, but 45 is still not, I, not important. Yeah, I think top of my head, I'd say 44 and a half. You could probably talk me into 44, but 44 and a half, definitely, I'd give it an A grade. 
Okay, so 43 and a half right now. It's because I don't see why it would go up, but you never know. Yeah. Again, half of all I moves are wrong. And if that goes up, I just would say it's wrong. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 330 Eastern, Oregon at Oregon State. Total on this one's 56. Oregon is a four-point favorite. Um, Bo Nix, healthy or not, kind of hard to say. Um, Oregon State definitely going to look at what happened last week with Oregon, Utah and say 20 to 17. That's my kind of game. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like Oregon state has just got to be licking their chops for this one. Uh, Cause you're, I agree. What's, what's your take? Yeah. My, my take is, is that Bo Nix just di- didn't look a hundred percent right. And if you take away his ability to make plays with his legs, I mean, he's been, uh, don't get me wrong. He's been a fantastic passer this season, but if you take away his legs, he's just not quite the same quarterback. Take that and couple it with the fact that Oregon State has, even when Oregon was infinitely better than Oregon State was, Oregon State has always found a way to muck these games up Mm -hmm. and make them ugly. I mean, can't you just see it being about 38 degrees and not being able to see the field because of the fog? On on Saturday, yeah. and like this game just being completely gross. So Fox was uh, perfect for this game, absolutely. Yeah, and and so for that reason, I say we give a, a B grade to the under fifty six. Um, if we've got questions about Knicks, I have enough faith in Oregon State to to make this game pretty ugly. Yeah, and we've seen more times than not. It hasn't held every single time, but more times than not, Oregon State's played these high octane teams and drug them into lower scoring games. Um, it's not just the USC game that happened early in the season, and that game looks incredibly crazy now, given how bad USC's defense yeah. is, and how good their offense is, of course, too. But how bad their defense yeah. is. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go B on the under fifty six. We like that. Um, Oregon State plus four as a C-grade pick just feels like a game they can muck up and hang in there at home. I don't know yep. if they win. Uh, I kind of think plus odds here makes a little bit of sense, too, just with regards to rivalry game at home. Oregon State, as I've been saying it all the last several many weeks, and it's mostly won me backing them. They've been a disrespected team, and they're, yep. they're a little bit better than people realize. And they don't do it pretty, uh, but they're a pretty solid football team. So uh, we lean getting the points with them uh, and like the under. How many people are aware that Oregon State has eight wins? I mean, probably not I, many. I, I, I follow the sport closely, obviously. Didn't know they had eight wins. They, they are a solid football team. Yeah, I, I feel like I've every week I've been saying that. And maybe we talk about this one today because it's a rivalry game, but maybe it's when I feel like I. I I need to keep saying because I'm not sure people are hearing just how good yeah. of a football team uh, and, and, they are. And, and let's be honest. I mean, the, the thing is, is, like the Pac-12 has been sexy this season for like the first time in a long time. The Pac-12 has looked good, but the thing is, is like Oregon State doesn't play that type of game, and so they're always overshadowed by the the bigger, more more poisy games. Even us, we're guilty of talking about Arizona because like how high is this score going to go? Right. You know, it's not exciting to talk about Oregon State. It's like, oh, they're going to make this game ugly and they're going to win by a field goal. And as fun, as fun as Arizona and their offenses, I mean, Oregon State's defense is just as good as Arizona's offense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just a good unit. And we talk about yeah. they've got three losses this year. They lost by three uh, at home to USC. They lost by three on the road to Washington. Um, that exact thing could happen here. They could lose by three. Yeah. Uh, both those games went way under uh, this yeah. number 56. Uh, the only game that didn't was Utah. Um, that game is obviously, obviously possible, but when you compare those three, again, two of the three, or a tight, low-scoring game. That's kind of what we think will happen here as well. Yeah. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, Wake Forest at Duke. Wake Forest is a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Total of 66.5. I have no idea what to do with the total. Um, yeah. With Duke totals, we've just been all over the map wrong with yeah. those. And Wake Forest, you know, you never really want to go under, but 
Uh, that's such a high number. I don't, I don't really know the total. I, I guess if I had to, I'd go over just because it's Wake Forest and Duke's been more of an over team, but I, I wouldn't yeah. do it. But I mean, if I had to, yeah. um, biggest thing on this one, why is Wake Forest a, a three and a half point road favorite? I mean, what have we yeah. seen? Look, both these teams are seven and four. And, and I think that's pretty accurate. Sideline's got Wake Forest 38th, Duke 42nd. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, 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 what have we seen that says Wake Forest is that much better than Duke? Even if they're a tiny bit better than the schemes at Duke, this game should be a pick I don't know why we're getting three and a half with Duke. This feels like – last week I said the same thing with Duke. I said, why are we getting eight points when they're playing Pittsburgh? And yeah. they they made the they made the made right, the right call. Yeah, they did. To go for two, yeah. down 14 when they scored the touchdown, and it didn't get them overtime. But had they gotten that one, they would have won the game. One, They were one two-point conversion away from winning the game. And uh, I don't know why we're getting eight points there. I don't know why we're getting three and a half here. Uh, I can't explain it. Can you explain it? Nope. We've been riding Duke a lot this season. They've been really good to us. We got one more chance to do it here, getting a field goal and a hook. So let's do it. Yeah. 10% edge according to the model. Yeah. A grade. Uh, Just a silly number here. Uh, If this was two and a half, I'd say I'd still, I'd probably lean Duke money line at that point. I'd still play Duke money line um, at, at two and a half, but at, at three or three and a half, it's just outrageous. I don't know what yeah. else to say about it. Yeah. Um, 3.30 Eastern, Minnesota at Wisconsin. Uh, Tanner Morgan still out. I I thought it sounded more like they were more optimistic about him playing, and then it turns out that he doesn't. I always tend to think when it's more of this last-ish minute type things where it's kind of like, you know, oh, he's – you know maybe he'll play. Oh no, he's out. Maybe he'll come back. So it's the same situation this week. I still think he might come back, but it sounds like we don't know one way or the other just yet. Um, they're getting three points at Wisconsin. I'm not sure it matters. The backup looked competent enough with given the job of handing the ball off. <laughs> and that's all they needed to do. They ran all up and down Iowa. And that's a really tough thing to do. And it didn't work for the win because multiple times they like turned it over inside the red zone um, or missed the field, missed the chip shot field goal, right? You know, they make the chip shot field goal game goes to overtime. So, you know, fum- like I said, a fumbling in the red zone. So, it, you know, yeah, yeah, a Iowa just magically does that to teams and Iowa just forces turnovers. That's, that's good for them. Um, Wisconsin's just not as good as Iowa. I don't think, yeah. uh, I don't think defense is that good. I, it's good. It's just not that good. Iowa's defense is just yeah. in a class of its own um, in that conference this year and in college football this year. So uh, I think Minnesota should be able to run the ball again. And they had a good, like I said, they had a good attack against Iowa. I don't see why that changes here. Um, I'm in favor of grabbing the three points here. Total of 34 and a half. Same sort of thing we talk about. I think there's value on the under. I just, I hate that it's so low, but I still think there's value. I mean, this feels like a 10 to nine type football game. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. Jared, what's your take? So I think the two best analogs that you have for Minnesota, and obviously Minnesota is a poor man's version of these teams, but Illinois and uh, Iowa are, are the two teams that are closest to um, Minnesota. And let me tell you, Wisconsin did not have a snowball's chance in hell against either of those teams. And so even if you you know knock Minnesota down, because they are a step below those teams, uh, I think without getting, without without their full health of quarterback yeah. and receiver and. Yeah. Yeah. At full strength, I think they're, I think they're with those teams, but they're just, they're not full strength, it it seems like. 
Yeah, and, and so I think that this is just going to be uh, a situation where Minnesota is going to be giving um, a lot of uh, Wisconsin's own medicine to them, and, and Wisconsin hasn't handled that well this season. So um, I, I like Minnesota in the base case, but the fact that we're getting three points in a game with a total of <laughs> 34 and a half, uh, yeah, si- sign me up. I think that that's definitely uh, worthy of a play from us. Yeah, sideline says it should be Minnesota minus 1.7, and that is – giving Morgan a, a little bit of a chance to play and, and maybe he has no chance to play. It's it, I, yeah. I, I don't really know, but if he plays, I for sure think Minnesota more likely to win than not. And even right. if he doesn't, like I said, I think it's a 50, 50 type game that Minnesota is the better team, but it's in Wisconsin. So yeah. even if he's out again, given how well they ran the ball last week without him, didn't seem to matter at all. Did, didn't even against Iowa. Didn't even need that threat of a passer to draw no. the respect. They still had, great multiple big runs um so i mean yeah even without him i still think it's a coin toss type game so getting three yep. is extremely valuable so we've got an a grade play on minnesota plus three and we're gonna go c grade under 34 and a half i think the under makes a lot of sense only a c grade though because i could see this game being 20 to 17 and yep. I, or you know 17 17 late and then i could see 17 17 going overtime and then you're yep. like crap you know we hit the under and yep. we're going to lose it because someone's going to have to score in overtime. So yep. um, it's just too low to have too much invested in, but I do think it's worthwhile to have as part of your portfolio, just maybe at a lesser uh, risk amount. So we're going to go A grade, Minnesota plus three, C grade under 34 and a half. A uh, little bit of whiplash. We're going to go to a game with a total of 72 and a half. <laughs> Memphis at SMU. SMU is a four-point favorite. Um, I think let's get the the. First things first out of the way, which is the total. It is really high. Um, we're going to go B grade over 72 and a half. It's a giant number, but I mean, w- you know, SMU and Houston, I think are still having touchdown score in that game. That was weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, SMU just does not stop teams and they've got a good offense. And Memphis doesn't really stop a lot of teams um, either. They've got a pretty good offense themselves. I mean, this is, if this game got into the hundreds, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, it feels like the USC UCLA type game where yep. it's a back and forth contest, just lots of scoring. I would say who has the ball last wins, but UCLA got the ball back last and they didn't do it. So <laughs> not, not quite exactly who has the ball last, but that same sort of situation. So we like the over, but only a B grade just because it's such a high number uh, yep. giving an A grade to that. It, it's not, again, it's not an, everything has to go right. Uh, it's not even a, if one bad, I mean, if, if, Hypothetically, because hypothetically, we have a zero point quarter in this game. I still think we can get over because these teams can score in such bunches. You know, it's still possible. Yeah. That's why it's a B grade because they yeah. still could go over. But if we have that 10 minute scoreless stretch, it's just a whole lot less comfortable. So that's why it's only right. a B grade for us. But um, Memphis plus four. Uh, Sideline says this should be a pick em. Sideline thinks Memphis is the better team and that on the road that balances it out. It's an A grade play to the model. Um, because Jared, what was your what's your counter to that? My counter to that is that SMU, when they have played not the top of the AAC, which Memphis is is not the top of the AAC, uh, they haven't even come close to, to to a game like this. They they beat South Florida by eighteen, they beat Houston by fourteen, they beat Tulsa by eleven, they beat Navy by six, they beat uh, uh, let's see, 
North Texas, a similar, maybe type team, uh, a little below them, but by 38 points, it blew them out. Um, I, I just don't think that SMU playing a team uh, like this has proved all season. Like, I think they're just going to blow this team out because that's kind of what they've done to all of the other teams that have uh, not been the very top of, of the AAC. The other thing is, is that I think there's some stuff going on at Memphis. I think uh, the coach Silverfield is coaching for his job uh, because I don't think the results have been what they wanted um, there. And I think that he will be relieved of his duties if he does not um, win this game. And so I think that could put a lot of pressure on Memphis in, in this game. So I know it says that uh, the sideline says that this is an A grade edge, but it smells fishy to me. I think there's some weird stuff going on at Memphis. SMU has proven all season that they can handle teams like of this caliber. And so I would say, I think we should just kind of rein it in a little bit, maybe only make this a B grade getting the four points. So, so that's what we'll, we'll do officially. We'll officially go with a B grade because uh, your, your, your objections, your concerns are noted. Here's my, my counter to that would simply be, according to the model, Memphis is not in the caliber of team that you mentioned that they destroyed, that they are much mm -hmm. above those teams. And in fact, according to the model, they are closer to the top than they are the bottom. It's an mm -hmm. interesting test case because SMU, uh, we, we have thought multiple times this year that SMU was going to play a team in this caliber, but according to the model, they have not. According to the model, right. they've only played teams that are 20 spots better than them, like Cincinnati and Tulane. Or they've played teams that they are more than 20 spots better than because of like how far Houston's fallen. Um, right. You know, North Texas, you know, not being quite as good as we thought, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so this is one of the rare cases where they are playing a team. So it's an interesting test case. Um, getting four is, is valuable. We talked about maybe money line. Money line may not be a bad option, but I can really see this game being 35 35 going overtime, 42 42 going yep. overtime. Yep. Something like that. Maybe, you know, 49-49 going to triple overtime. <laughs> and yeah. in those situations, getting that four can be pretty valuable, especially in overtime, getting yeah. four can be valuable because if you accidentally kick a field goal to start with, the other team gets a touchdown, boom, you just lost by three, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, def definitely. And, and as, as you you have mentioned, maybe I'm just biased against Memphis. So maybe that's what this is. I, I, I don't know. But so viewer, take that for, for what it's worth. Right. So again, according to the model, A grade, because Jared has some concerns, we're going to go B grade officially. Again, we, we like it. We think it's worth it. But there are those concerns that he's bringing up that are reining us in just a little bit. And again, you never know how, uh, you know, a six and five team with a coach uh, whose expectations were maybe a little bit higher than that can yeah. kind of can definitely put himself in good graces. Wins this one, gets a seven, wins bowl game eight. Yeah. You know, that's put, yeah. put yourself in a good situation. But yeah, yeah, you lose this one, all of a sudden you may not get to the bowl game. Yeah, right. They, they may they may go with interim or for a bowl. We've seen that before. Yep. So yep. Uh, definitely an interesting game there. Uh, so another interesting one here, 330 Eastern Iron Bowl, Auburn at Alabama. Alabama is a 21 point favorite. Because um, you're you talked to your first inclination. This was to grab the 21 with Auburn. My counter to that was, you know, I, I faded Alabama a lot lately and that's been right and this time the model says to back them this time the model says alabama minus 24 as good as auburn looked in the second half against western kentucky there's two things i want to know first off the first half they didn't the first half yeah. it was a tie game and even through the third quarter and i know there were a lot of people who liked auburn so just hear me out on this one i think through the third quarter Western Kentucky had more yards than Auburn. So there was no garbage time in that. There was no anything running up. Western Kentucky, I, I, I think, did exactly what the model thought, which was play pretty even with Auburn. 
on the road. Um, they had the big turnover, and they just couldn't quite get out of the way. And that happens. But uh, as flawed as we talk about the Alabama team, I think we're a little bit biased in that, in that we're looking at comparing to previous Alabama teams. Mm-hmm. Alabama team is still one of the top easily 10 teams in the country, probably top five teams yeah. in the country at home. We faded them on the road against Ole Miss, and that worked. We faded them uh, on the road against LSU, and that worked. But this is a different situation back home, a rivalry game. Uh, Saban knows he has nothing to play for. next. He's not playing next week. Yep. So there's no holding anything back. I mean, this feels like a classic Nick Saban. I'm going to let the horses out of the barn, and we're going to we're gonna go for a ride kind of game because uh, I want to you know stick it to my rival, and I have nothing to hold back for because – Next thing we're doing is playing in a meaningless bowl game because unless it's a national championship, they don't, or, or I guess maybe playoff is not impossible, but probably not likely. Right? Yeah, so, pro- probably not. No, you know, so uh, why not take it to your rival here? Uh, yeah, and, and so I, I think it's kind of uh, why we're going Alabama minus twenty-one with a B grade. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts? Hearing all of that. Yeah, so what I would say is this is why we have sideline, right? So to let let me know and maybe I'm overreacting to something that, that I shouldn't be overreacting to. And, and I like the point you made about, you know, kind of zigging and zagging with Alabama and kind of being right more times than not this season. So uh, I, I will definitely defer to sideline on this. I think this is just more of like um, – I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but I, th- I don't know if you watched the end of the – um, Auburn A&M game when, when Auburn won, they did the uh, interview with uh, Cadillac or Carnell Williams, the, the interim head coach there, and just talking about how much Auburn has done for him and how he wants to, you know, ena- you know, basically enable these players, help help them, guide them. You know, all of the fans at Auburn, they're having a terrible season. They all stuck around to to celebrate with him at, with him winning his first game at, as the interim head coach there. I think I just caught. I could potentially be getting caught up in, Hey, I feel like what's going on at Auburn right now is a lot that's right with college football. You know, before that with, with, with Harson, you kind of saw all that was wrong with, yeah. with college football. Uh, and, but then with, with him being the interim, uh, Williams being the interim coach, they're kind of all seeing all the good things. So maybe I just got caught up in that. I want to believe that, that Auburn's going to hang in this game, give a tough game, rivalry game, again, kind of all the great things about college football. Uh, but the facts are that Alabama's probably going to win this game by a lot. So I can get yeah. on board with, with laying the, laying the 21 points. And, and I, again, I don't want to get too, too far off either, but I, I do have to say it is – we talked about from like week two that this was a, you know, weird situation with the yeah. coach. And, it, you know, from the start, you know, we, we kind of thought maybe coming into the season that maybe things would be a little bit different. But, I mean, it was from the very beginning. It was apparent. We talked for weeks about why they didn't make a coaching change sooner. And it's it's just unfortunate that they didn't make it a couple weeks earlier. Auburn, yeah. you know, it was on the table to get to six wins to get to a bowl game at least. And that's – doesn't mean maybe a lot to the fans, especially fans who've seen, you know, a national championship team, you know, mm-hmm. just getting to six wins in a bowl, maybe isn't the most exciting thing in the world to you, but for the kids and the program, it, it, it is. And yeah. it's a shame that they didn't do that. So that way that win against Western Kentucky was number six, they get to a bowl game. Everyone's excited as it is. They need to beat Alabama to get to six. And it, yeah. there are no locks in gambling. Like it is possible for sure. But again, in a situation where Saban has nothing to hold back for, I don't yeah. think he goes light. And again, the bottom line yeah. is if I know that Auburn won the game by a lot, but if you just look at winning, you know, final score, that's not the most predictive thing going forward. When you look at the yard, they just, they did dominate that game. Like the score. Had they, had they, 
had they actually gone out and it been one of those things in the third quarter, you know, late in the third quarter, the score was what it was, but they had 500 yards to Western Kentucky's 150, I would have been like, whoa. Yeah. All right, you know maybe they got a shot here, but I just yeah. think we saw this. We saw the issue that they just don't have the same talent. Their, their talent level is closer to Western Kentucky's than Alabama's. I guess is all I'm trying to say. Right. So um, yeah, it's a great yeah. story. Props to them. Getting to five wins seems incredible, given where they were. Um, you said big win against A and M was was a lot of fun, and, and getting the job done last week. But uh, I just I think it's a rude awakening this weekend for unfortunately for them. Yeah, and, and I, I would also could add that I'm sure Alabama is tired of hearing the only reason y'all made the playoff last year is because y'all beat Auburn when Auburn should have beat y'all if he wouldn't have run out of bounds with however many seconds left and end up Alabama getting the ball back. Yada, yada, yada. So I, I'm sure that they've heard plenty. Alabama's heard plenty of that as well. Right. Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Michigan State at Penn State. Look, because Jared, I, I got on the train last week, two weeks ago, whatever, but I feel like you've been riding the train for a long time. Uh, you, you were driving this, <laughs> this bad boy here, which is Penn State's the yeah. third best team in the conference, and they just destroy other teams. And the only caveat when they didn't was uh, that just terrible weather game against uh, yeah. Northwestern. Northwestern yeah. Otherwise, they've been they've been dominating. Uh, we're going to lay the 17 and a half, and I'm going to let you have the floor since this has been the train you've been driving. Uh, I just think that, well, specifically in this game, like Michigan State's defense, I mean, giving up 39 points or whatever it was to Indiana at home last week, just not a good look. Indiana's been a much better team at home than on the than on the road. And so that was, uh, again, not a, not a good look for them. Again, when I first looked at this game, okay, when I first looked at this game, I was like, okay, Penn State, yeah, they've been really good to us. But then I was like, hey, Michigan State's only got five wins, you know, playing for a sixth game right here, potentially go to a bowl game. Penn State, what do they really have to play for? Their spot is kind of settled in the conference. Uh, but then we just thought about it. It's like we're really just overthinking this. Penn State has absolutely destroyed every team they've played in conference, except for maybe that Northwestern game. And, of course, obviously, Michigan and Ohio State. And I think it's probably going to be the same thing this week at home. 17 and a half, not worried about the hook. If I've learned anything from the professor this year, it's that 18 is more key than 17 is. As, and as key. As key as 17 is. And again, I think this game is more likely to end up at like 20, 21, 24, 23 than, than anything else. So I say we give an A grade to lay in the 17 and a half points with Penn State. Yeah, 17, the likelihood of landing on 17 rather than 18 is like 1% or less, depending on the situation. And so I, I'm not, no one's going to stress about 1% because that's rounding error literally in this. So um, yeah, 18 is reasonably just as likely as 17. Um, and because, uh, Jared, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, so that way we don't have someone in the comments mention that we know that Michigan State has five wins. Uh, they had five wins last week too. And they had their chance. I think we mentioned it last week on the show. They had their chance yeah. at, at home against Indiana to get to that bowl and they didn't do it then. So I, I'm not going to buy any, oh, and now I'm not saying they can't. Again, like I mentioned last on the last game, there are no locks in gambling, right? There's no locks in sports. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. Michigan State could go win this game, absolutely. But it's not very likely, right? They had their chance last week. And this yeah. if they have any motive, and they were motivated. They knew Penn State was in the schedule, right? They weren't like, oh, well, we've got two chances at this, right? They knew that was their chance. Right. And so right. uh, I could also argue this is going to snowball for them and that now they know they blew their chance. And how motivated, how focused are they going to be in practice this week, right? So I could argue that direction. But I, I don't know how the mental factors are going to go. What I do know is, like you said, Penn State just crushes teams. Um, yeah. And Michigan State's just not that good. And so, yep. yeah, we're going to go A grade, Penn State, minus 17. If we have looked at the weather, it's Sunday night. The weather didn't look that bad, you know, a little cold. Yep. Um, we looked at the weather all across the country. I don't think there was anything that jumped to us right now uh, with regards to precipitation, snow, wind, rain. 
just kind of chilly, but nothing too crazy. It's Sunday night. That may change by the time you yeah. watch this. If you yeah. watch it later the week, you know. In, in, in the Midwest, like surprisingly like balmy weather, like low 40s, mid 40s in some of these Big Ten locations. So as of yeah. right now, yeah, weather not looking to Im- impact much. Yeah, obviously if that changes throughout the week, different yeah. different story, you know, if it looks like it's yeah. going to be, you know, wet, windy, that sort of thing. But for now, weather looks very playable. We saw, I'm not worried about cold. We saw this last week, a lot of games in the cold that had a lot of mm-hmm. points in them still. So yeah. uh, the two yeah. Friday night games are a great example of that. So yeah. uh, cold doesn't diminish points. It, it, it diminishes field goals, but it doesn't diminish touchdowns. Field goals because the right. ball being hard as a rock just doesn't go as far. So it's hard to go on field goal. Um, right. 4 p.m. Eastern, Utah at Colorado. Uh, look, I can kind of <laughs> see a repeat of Washington, Colorado. Yeah, uh, Colorado's just terrible. I feel like they've they've, give, they've thrown in the towel. Um, yeah. Utah, they got their they got their one win over Cal at home earlier this season. Yeah, Utah, you know, um, is still alive for the Pac-12 championship game. First off, they are not doing divisions this year. They are just doing the top two teams. Um, so USC is in, and. It, there's a bunch of weird scenarios if I, if Oregon loses. If Oregon wins, it's the, it's them. If Oregon loses, it's actually still probably Oregon because the tiebreakers get wonky and like teams need weird things to happen that are unlikely to happen. Uh, like they need Cal, like someone needs Cal to beat UCLA or something. I don't know how that plays into this, but it does. Um, <laughs> whatever tiebreakers get wonky, right? Um, yeah. So Utah, bottom line, they're not out of it. They know they need to win. Um, they know they can sleepwalk their way to a victory here. Um, you have to assume they're going to get back right after that game. That that was just Cam Rising just had a had a terrible game, and and it happens to literally all of us in everything we do. We sometimes just have off nights, yep. and we've seen him be pretty dang good for most of the season and most of last season when he yep. had the job. Uh. Colorado is a great team to get right against. Um, yep. It's a great, I mean, if I'm, you know, they've got a good coach who knows how to get his guys motivated. And this is a spot here where I'm just preaching all week. Hey, let's finish strong. Let's finish right. Let's get ready for the bowl game by doing what we know we need to do. Let's come back and let's get that taste out of our mouths. Yep. And come out and do what we need to do. Um, again, Colorado, if they were going to put up any fight, would have done it last week and didn't. So um, we're going to lay the 30 with Utah. And we're going to go over 53. Um, Cousin Jared, what was the decision to keep the 30 in A grade while the 53 was a B grade? I don't know how many points Colorado was going to score in this game. I could easily see this game ending up like 38 to nothing or 41 to three or something like that. I mean, yes, I think Utah is going to come out and get right, but at like, I think they're going to be so far ahead. I don't know what incentive they're going to have um, to, to really just keep the foot on the gas and score, you know, 45 points. And, and so I, I think that I just feel much better laying the 30 points than I do uh, going over. Cause I feel like we've even, you know, you and I have laid some bigger numbers on some some lower totals than this recently and uh, played the under as well, and it worked out for us. And yeah. so this is just one of those things where I would rather just lay the 30 points. And then, you know, if you want to talk me into a C grade on something, I could probably do uh, do that on, on the total. But I just feel much better about laying the 30 points. No, we already locked in a B grade on the over. We're already, we're already at that. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, th- I already talked to you into the B grid and the over, just not an A grid. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. implied, the implied final score on this one is 41 and a half 
to 11 and a half. And so, yes, we don't know how many points Colorado scores, but Colorado at home put up uh, 17 against UCLA. They uh, put up 10 against Oregon. I'm not going to consider the Arizona State game because that was obviously their win, and Arizona State's just a lot weaker of a team. So um, they should be able to get roughly around that 11.5 mark, whether it's 10, 14, 17, something like that. That's that's been kind of what they've been able to do at home. Um, Utah's team total at 41.5 just seems low given how high-powered they've been last week aside. And uh, I know that last week is the thing that's fresh in everyone's memory, but – you know, again, you had the worst night that Rising's had as a quarterback uh, since his yeah. time at Utah. You also had a missed field goal. You also had a fourth down that failed inside the red zone. You mm-hmm. had a lot of ways. That, yeah. And you, we, we grabbed the plus three with Utah early in the week, and that at least pushed. But, I mean, you had a lot of ways that Utah was going to win that ball game, yep. and they just couldn't do it. So I know that you're, you're sitting there, oh, they only scored 17 against Oregon or whatever. A, Oregon's defense isn't good, but it's still better than Colorado's. And B, they really easily could have gotten to the 30s in that game. And so that translates to the 40s against Colorado. And that's, again, their implied team pills, 41 and a half. I think they get to 45, 48, 49, something like that. And then at that point, we don't need Colorado to do too much at that over. So that's why we've got B grade over 53, but A grade on Utah minus 30 because they should cover pretty easily against uh, Colorado. Yep, I agree. 4 p.m. Eastern, Iowa State at TCU. TCU is a 10-point home favor. Already talked about TCU. Iowa State just continues to drag teams under. I mean, it's pretty yeah. straightforward. They did it last week with Tech. They've done it every game of the season except for an early one. Um, I think this one's pretty straightforward on the under. Uh, 47.5. We wish it was 48, but we're still going to go A-grade on the under yep. here, and we're going to lay the 10 with TCU as a C-grade. We kind of debated the grades for these, and I think just kind of landed on – I think TCU still wins this game because the whole team with nothing to play for last week of the season, ruining a team's national title hopes tends to happen more at home than on the road. Um, Iowa state hasn't traveled extremely well, um, but I can see a situation where maybe Iowa state just really uglies this one up. TCU's got some banged up receivers and if this game ends up something like um, 17 to 10, I wouldn't be too surprised. So I, I lean laying the 10 with TCU, but I love going under 47 and a half. Cause Jared, what's your take? Yeah. My take is that I've just seen, I've, I've just seen Iowa state ugly up so many games this season. And by so many games this season, I mean, literally every game they have played this season has seemingly followed the same script where unfortunately they've been on the wrong side of all those. Like I've lost count of how many one score games they've, they've lost this season. So if you tell me that this game is a low scoring one score game, um, I would completely believe you. And that's why I feel better about the uh, under 47 and a half, not even anything else, but obviously uh, TCU much better team here everything to play for obvious not going to be yeah. overlooking any game uh no. for the rest of rest of the season um so I, I think that you know definitely i think there it's worth a little bit of an investment like the 10 points with tcu and and sunny dykes you know sometimes gets a, a bad rap for you know his his upbringing right his the, the mm. culture the whatever that sort of thing yeah. you know but but even that he he's still knows football very, very well. And he knows football well enough to just look back at the history of the big 12 
and pull back example after example after example of teams, whether it's this week or next week, overlooking a team losing and it cost them a, a, a spot in the national championship game. Um, yeah. uh, it, there's just too many examples of it. So he, he's whatever you want to say about him, good or bad. I, I don't know how you say much bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look yeah. at the job he's done. It's fantastic. Yeah. But even if you are, even if you are a Sunny Dex detractor, you have to admit that the man knows football and he's going to easily be able to just give his team be like, Hey guys, look, if we overlook this team, he, here's what Iowa state did to Oklahoma state, uh, yeah. whatever that was in 2011. You know, yeah. 2011. Right. And there's yeah. multiple examples, just, just in the big 12 alone. So yeah. uh, they'll be motivated to play. But again, TCU wins by seven and they get what they want and we don't get what we want. So that's why that's only a secret, but we love the under 47 and a half. Again, TCU's uh, just not completely healthy offensively. Uh, defense starting to really come around and Iowa yep. State just uglies up every single game they play, it yeah. seems like. Yep. So the Saturday night games, Notre Dame at USC. USC's a five and a half point favorite. Total is 62. Cousin uh, Jared, you like the over 62 without me having to say anything. So I'm going to let you have the floor here, given that y- you were all over the over. And- Okay, obviously USC's defense, not that great. Okay, like we can all agree on that. How many times do I have to be wrong about the totals on Notre Dame games before I look at myself and say, hey, maybe is Notre Dame a little bit better on offense than I think they are? And I think if you combine the fact that I think obviously Notre Dame has made improvements on offense that are probably a little bit better than I am giving them credit for, combine that with USC's defense clearly not being that good and a potential letdown spot. I'm not going to go as far to say that Notre Dame's going to win this game. I don't think that's the case, but definitely a letdown spot. I think you could see some uh, USC's defense uh, having a rough first quarter or so. I mean, I feel like the recipe is there for tons of points in this game, just like there was uh, in USC and UCLA last week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to go C grade pick on USC minus five and a half. I think it's a good number here being shy of, of six and seven. Um, this game gets to overtime. It can land on six, uh, lots of touchdowns. Somebody could easily win by six or seven. So uh, at five and a half is a pretty good number. USC at home, again, everything to play for, knowing that the playoff is is not out of the question at this point. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not extremely likely, but it's not out of the question either. Uh, just takes a, you know one good result here, one good result there, and they've got a shot at the playoff. So there won't be any lack of motivation. It's a rivalry game for both teams. So, uh, you know, I think USC's the right spot here. But only a C-grade pick because this Notre Dame team has been pretty impressive as of late. And at first my thought was I, I liked USC a little bit more because my brain is still kind of saying what you said, right, which is yeah. Notre Dame's offense isn't that good. But, I mean, Notre Dame offense is, is picking it up. And yeah. on top of that, when you go to USC games, like, again, that Oregon State game we're going to look back on as one of the weirder ones of the season. But, you know, the last several games that USC's played in, I mean, I – Colorado is terrible, but they still gave up 17. They still gave up 17 at home to Colorado, right? Yeah, that's that's saying something. That's saying something. The Cal game, right, had 76 points in it, right? Arizona, of course, had 92. You know, Utah had 85. I mean, you know, their their defense is just not very good, but that offense can score. And again, we've seen Notre Dame's defense maybe not quite as good. You know, they they pitch like it's Boston College, Boston College. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, not quite as good, maybe, but that offense is really picking up the slack and scoring some points. Yeah. Boston College, when a literal snowstorm just came in in the middle of the game. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go C grade USC minus five and a half. We're going A grade 
over 62 just feels like this total should be in the 70s yeah. uh, the, the, U, the USC UCLA game I said I said I kind of like the over there at 67 and a half uh, when we talked about it on discord uh, that total should have been priced in the 80s and this one should be priced in the 70s right Notre Dame is not as high powered as UCLA is but you know that again that total should be in the 80s this one should be in the 70s I mean that's just all there is to it really that that to, to think that if that total really should have been in the 80s, that this one's 20 points less, just doesn't jive with what we've seen from Notre Dame the last half of the season. Right. Uh, 7.30 Eastern, Tennessee at Vanderbilt, right? We've already talked about that Tennessee game. The, the thing to talk about going forward here is obviously uh, Hooker is out and will not be uh, playing anymore this season, unfortunately. You know, sideline says it should be 28, and and that's no quarterback adjustment whatsoever. Um mm-hmm. So obviously that's wrong. Um, Hooker's a better quarterback for sure. Mm-hmm. But last year, the coaching staff did not think that Hooker was the better quarterback and or yeah. it took them a while for them to figure it out and or they thought it was close. Right? It was, depending on, depending on it when was, you want to. It was the middle of the Pittsburgh game. If we're being specific, when that game had the, the total on that game was like 57. And I think they ended up being approximately a bajillion points. <laughs> that's because Indian Hooker came in the middle of that game, right? Right, last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's it, it's a it's a situation where um, obviously Hooker's a better quarterback, but the fact that we could lay fourteen and a half with Tennessee, and the model says it should be like twenty eight and a half. He 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 isn't worth fourteen points. Right. I'm sorry. There's just he's not. There's no quarterback yeah. that's worth fourteen points unless unless the drop off was you know, the Heisman winner to a high school quarterback. Maybe then, it, then, then it's worth 14 points, right? But but yeah. we, we know that the backup here in this situation, we know he's not that far behind. Even if he's four, five, six, seven points, whatever, Tennessee Soul should be favored by a lot more in this game. Yeah. It is a little bit of a let-on spot, but it's also a rivalry game. Um, yeah. It's also a situation where Tennessee, like, it, you know, has incentive to go out there and show that they are not just about hooker. The rest of those guys are going to try to pick up the slack and play well. They can game plan for it now. Um, get, 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 get the bad taste of last week out of their mouth. Uh, we're going to lay the 14 and a half with Tennessee as a B grade pick. Uh, Cause Jared, tell us more about why we made that decision. Well, we made that decision. Well, first of all, Vanderbilt, look, kudos to you. I guess technically Vanderbilt is playing for a bowl game. In this one, I don't what think a, that what I, a world. What a world we are living in. Really, just the entire bottom of of sidelines rankings from last season. Really, just a banner year for many of of those. Teams. Like half of them. Like half the bottom ten is like, wow, look at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, first of all, I, kudos to them. They can't play like they have the past two weeks again, right? Like they are, in my opinion, they're still at the level where it's like. I think it's just going to be really, really tough for them to string that many really good weeks in a row together. Uh, so that's kind of the first thing. I, I also like like your point there. I mean, Joe Milton was the starting quarterback to, to start last season. I, I'm in like 100% sure that everybody there at, at Tennessee will tell you, Joe Milton has the best arm they've ever seen. He has a cannon for an arm. Uh, the problem is he just like can't really rein it in. Like he, he oh, I, you know, the number of, receivers that he overthrew uh, in the games that he played there in Tennessee. And then in addition to the the time that he played uh, in Michigan before that, um, 
But the thing is, is like you can have a few overthrows against Vanderbilt, and it's not going to come back to bite you. You're going to be able to make enough throws to, to beat them. Personally, and we're getting real down into the weeds here, people would say you're not thinking about this kind of thing, but Tennessee needs to look good because I think they're going to be dinged in the playoff rankings with, without Hooker because we, the committee has said that is something that they look at. If they come out and they play really well with Milton, the quarterback, I think they will go up in the rankings next week and that would allow them to still go to the Sugar Bowl because if Alabama takes care of their business um, this weekend and Tennessee looks really bad, Alabama's going to end up ranked ahead of Tennessee and there goes the Sugar Bowl. This is a great season that Tennessee's had. Jake, cover your ears. If they look really bad this week, you know, they might not even get to the Sugar Bowl to, to show for all of this. So I think they still got a lot to play for. A Sugar Bowl for a team like Tennessee, who hasn't been to the Sugar Bowl in goodness knows how long, uh, would be amazing. So I think they're going to keep their foot on the gas. This offense doesn't know another way to play, right? It doesn't matter if second string quarterback, third string quarterback, they're going to keep their foot on the gas. And I think they'll have plenty of opportunities to cover the 14 and a half versus a team like Vanderbilt. Yeah, and just to, just to clarify, it wasn't the bottom ten of the rankings, but last year the second last team at the in, heading in the bowl season was UConn. Uh, again, fantastic season for them. Uh, Vanderbilt was eleventh worst. Uh, Kansas was twelfth worst. Uh, Duke was seventeenth worst, and Ohio was nineteenth worst. So uh, again, mm. a lot of the, the bottom tw- five of the bottom twenty just yeah look at solid. Yeah, so, yeah, Probably major improvement. Season. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of one of those teams, 8 p.m. Eastern, Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State's an 11.5-point favorite. Uh, hey, we laid uh, number north of a touchdown with Kansas State in Morgantown, which was uh, you know not the, the easiest thing to do, and Kansas State made yeah. it pretty smart on that one. Um, look, I, I, I love Kansas. I love this story. Massive improvement. They're going to go to a bowl game, and it's going to be a lot of fun for them. But in Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas State, uh, look – they want to win this game. This has been their their pastime has been beating up on Kansas. These teams, these schools hate each other. And basketball is the same thing, right? Like Kansas wants to win this game. In bas- it's like, it's like, it's like the, if they called a truce, right? We could stop seeing this, but like in football, Kansas State wants to run up the score. And in basketball, Kansas wants to run up the score. It's like, it doesn't even matter yeah. how good the other team is. It's like, yeah. it's like, we're, it's like, it's this payback for the other sport that, that we're not as good in. Um, yeah. They've made it a thing to run up the score here. Uh, so we're going to lay the 11 and a half with Kansas State, and that is a no hesitation uh, A-grade play. We're also going to go over 63 with a B-grade play. I'd like it a little better if it was 62. Um, the bottom line, though, is just like I talked about with Texas last week, just like I talked about, I don't know, I seem like every week with Kansas, they just cannot stop the run. They can't stop yeah. anybody. They can't stop anything. Uh, teams just – they play the high score games. They give up so many points. Kansas will score a few points, um, mm-hmm. but I can kind of see a repeat of the Texas game. Uh, maybe it's not quite as one sided, but Kansas State's going to have their way with them at home and just be able to name their score. And it's not a situation where they're going to lay off the lay off the gas. I don't think they are going yeah. to score a ton of points. They're going to put up fifty, and they're going to love every second of it. And then Kansas doesn't have to do that much just to get us over the sixty-two. So it's a B grade pick there but only a b grade because i could see a situation where this game is like you know 52 to 7 and we're like how did we not get there you know so b grade on the over but a grade on ksu minus 11 and a half because jared what's your take 
Since we've started the show, the number one thing that I have learned from you, I've learned a lot of things about the Big 12, but the number one thing is, is that Kansas State will demolish Kansas every opportunity they, they have in football. Yeah. So, yeah, A grade laying the 11 and a half points. I don't know what number this would have to be for me to not give it an A grade because I think Kansas State is just going to like have their way with Kansas on, on Saturday. I think at 20, it'd probably drop to a B for me. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Sideline says it should be 18. And so it's not even yeah. just a situation of, I think they're going to run it up. Like, I just think Kansas is solid, but this Kansas State team is really, really good. Like, they are. West Virginia, and I know that Kansas went into West Virginia and won, but that game went to overtime. Those teams were about even, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, all I can tell you is that Kansas State going into West Virginia is much tougher than Kansas State yes. playing home to Kansas. And they just dominated that game. Um, and, and I see the same sort of thing happening here. Yep. 10.30 Eastern, Washington at Washington State. Washington's a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and I think this line is priced perfectly. Washington's a better team, but on the road. Sideline makes it uh, Washington minus one-and-a-half, and and it's one-and-a-half. So one, one one-and-a-half, whatever it is, it's priced really well. I don't want to be invested in this side. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a complete coin toss. If you give me good enough plus odds, I'd be on whichever side you gave me plus odds on. I wouldn't even care. I think it's going to be a great game. I think Washington's pretty solid. I think Washington's much improved, better. Um, our pick on this one, though, revolves around the total. Cousin Jared, what is it? I Okay, Washington, good good offense. I think they're going to put up some points. Washington State has a good defense, but I think we've seen enough from Washington this season to say that they're going to put up some points. I think Washington State, th- their offense has come alive here in the past month, month and a half of the season, and I think they're going to be – completely comfortable with playing a game that's going to be really high scoring. You could, I think you could try to convince yourself that Washington state is going to try to slow things down, not let things get too fast paced. Cause obviously that plays into Washington's favor, but you know, Washington, we've just seen more than a handful of games this season where they've just been able to get the score going and going and going. And I think this is going to fall into that category. We're at a very key number of 58. So I don't, I don't see why we wouldn't be on the over in this situation because I think it's just two teams that are poised to poised to put up points in bunches. Yeah, it's an A grade over for us at 58, specifically at being that key number. Yep. The concern you would have in this game would be that Washington State played Arizona and that was 31-20, so it was only 51 points. I think that says more about Arizona than Washington State. Um, we are not talking about Arizona State. Arizona here on the show, but what we've seen from Arizona the last couple of weeks is kind of a realization we talked about all season, which is they have to do something to protect their defense. And so they have to not be quite so crazy on offense, try to slow it down a little bit, try to play a little bit more of a prevent type defense. not give up as many big plays, right? They've been working on their defense. That sort of thing. Arizona has been going a little bit less crazy uh, recently with regards to their scores. And so I think this is more about Arizona than anything else. Uh, Washington State put up, 52 uh, against Stanford, right? And so I think that shows, again, like they are going to be able to score. And, uh, you know, Washington State, when they played Oregon, was 41 to 44 to 41, right? So Mm -hmm. they have at times gotten up higher scoring. And that's obviously the type of game Washington wants to play. This is a really low number here. I I expected this to be in the 60s. Um, at 58, I think it's a fantastic overplay again, especially at a key number. To look at the weather again, doesn't look to be a problem. Looks a little chilly. Uh, looks like right now, no rain as you know, for Saturday night, six days away. Who the heck knows how that's going to change? So, um, if you want to wait until you get closer, uh, and see a better look on the weather, not a bad idea. Uh, downside may total may go up to 59, uh, may go up to 60. 
uh, upside may have rain and you may save yourself some points or just save yourself the whole investment. So uh, obviously your choice on the weather, we're locking plays here early on the week. So we're going to go a grid over 58 and to wrap us up 11 PM Eastern BYU at Stanford, a game that uh, sideline loves Stanford here. So this should be a pick them that Stanford is not good. BYU also not good. BYU a little bit better, but on the road says this should be basically a coin toss type game. BYU is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, I would give this an A grade, except for the fact that I don't know how much Stafford cares about this game. I honestly don't. <laughs> um, they have nothing to play for. They're 3-8. and eight. It's, it's the last game of the season, obviously. BYU knows they've got a bowl game ahead of them, so they're trying to stay in game shape. BYU playing the Pac-12 school. It's not an upper-tier Pac-12 school, but they want to beat all the Pac-12 schools. Well, yeah, um, yeah. They, they do they were, have the they were, Pac- they were Pac-12 South champions last year. Right. That was the running joke, right? Mm-hmm. All the Pac-12 South teams that they beat, um, you know, they do have the Big 12 invite this year or that they got this year for, for the future. So they are at least going to get that power five status, but they want to put it to all the Pac-12 schools. Um, so they want to be there. Stanford, I just don't know. So uh, six and a half is way too many here at home for Stanford. They're, they're not good, um, but they're the BYU isn't either. Um, but yep. again, just can't give it an A grade just because I just don't know their motivation factor. So I don't want to be over-invested in a game where they just don't show up. But if they show up, this should be a, ki- a tight contest and a fun one to wrap out, uh, wrap up the weekend. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you have for us on this one? I, I mean, I don't know how many times I say it. We're a broken record. We said we weren't going to cover some games because we're just saying the same things over and over again. But guys, BYU's defense is, is really bad. And, and I think that Stanford can gather together enough offense in this game to, to keep it respectable. BYU also, outside of that Baylor game early in the season, they have not fared well in their biggest biggest games. Uh, you know, that they, they beat Baylor and then they beat Boise State, you know, maybe three or four weeks ago. But other than that, they, they really just haven't showed up in their biggest games. And so um, I, I think that Stanford... Stanford doesn't have anything to play for as far as the bowl game goes, but you have to think like the mental makeup of the players at Stanford is not one that they're just going to, you know, just stop playing really. And so um, I think that they can find enough, a, a way to put up enough points on offense to keep this uh, close enough to cover this number. Do you think they put enough points up on offense to make the over 58 worth an investment, even if it's just a one unit investment? Um, man, my initial thought is, is like, not really. <laughs> like, I, I, I guess if you ask me where I think this game ends up, I, I think it probably ends up something like 31 to 27. I, I think 58 is really good. Like 31, 28 was what I was going to say. 31, 27, something like that. And so I, I really think this is a well-set line. Okay. Okay. And, the, and the, it's interesting because they got to 55 with Oregon State which is a much more defensive-minded team than BYU. Yeah. 47 with Cal, definitely much more defensive-minded, but you know, uh, further away. They've, they've been going a little bit – when they haven't gotten there in the total, because they've also gotten trout. So I, I think maybe that's the other thing. The reason why we aren't playing the total, that doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't view her, but uh, the Stanford side is kind of correlated with the total because – or correlated with the over. Because when they uh, – they've gotten near this number – against defensive-minded teams when they've hung in there. And if BYU is going to play a much higher scoring game, but if this doesn't get over, it's probably because they didn't show up and they get trounced, which they just has happened a couple of times, even when they probably have tried to show up. You know, right. Washington State, they got destroyed. Utah, they got destroyed. Um, you know, Washington, they got destroyed. So it, that's kind of the the reason why it's like, I think, I think the Stanford side and the over – 
are a little correlated. Maybe you take that and decide you want to do a, a correlated parlay. It's just I'm not sure it's worth the two separate wagers because you're likely to win both of them. So it may, may be worth a parlay if that's, if that's your thing because if Stanford can score off – BYU's defense is terrible. And if Stanford can take advantage of that, they ought to hang in there, they ought to cover, and the game ought to go yep. over. But yep. if uh, they struggle scoring, that's going to hurt – both, both of them. So I think that's kind of the, the, yep. the crux of this game is, is Stanford being able to take advantage of how bad BYU's defense is. Uh, all right, because that is all the games we are going to cover on this one. Do you have any parting words before we sign off? The regular season is, is wrapping up. Don't worry. We've still got plenty of content here for you. We'll be breaking down conference championship games next week and any other games that might be rescheduled into next week for various reasons. And, and then we've got – Bowl games, we'll break down the college football playoffs. We'll we'll talk about every single bowl game and obviously the national championship game as that get closer. So even though the regular season is wrapping up, still plenty of content here for you through the national championship game. Very well said. All right, well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We'll be back all week with college basketball content. But until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.